Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor On. We have been in a sermon series called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. The Bible is, is filled with incredible true stories that have happened to real people like you and me. And today, I want to look at a great story in the Bible that was told by Jesus himself. It's a parable that many refer to as the parable of the prodigal son. The word parable, when you hear that word, it basically means just a short story that has significant spiritual meaning. And we know that Jesus would speak in parables and stories that related to people, but you have to have an ear to hear. You have to have a heart that's open and ask the Lord, what are you saying to me today? Lord, what does this mean to me personally? Jesus, what are you saying to me specifically? And we see that this parable that I'm about to read was being told by Jesus to Jewish priests, Pharisees, and scribes. And he tells this parable to them because they were complaining to him that he ate with sinners. They were complaining to him that when they saw him, he was always with the wrong crowd according to their judgment. So if you have your Bible We'll turn to Luke 15, beginning in verse 11. The Bible says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, And there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating But no one gave him anything. He was starving. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of those hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. 
Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You know, this is one of three parables that Jesus speaks to these Pharisees and scribes who are complaining about him being with sinners and eating with sinners. And we know that the first parable that Jesus tells him is the parable of the lost sheep. And then he tells him another parable, the lost coin. And the third parable was what we just read, the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. But when you read these parables, every single one of them had to do with lost people. Every single one of them, your name is in those parables. We are the people that Jesus loved and went to. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he loved us. And so Jesus is speaking to a religious crowd and this parable specifically is about a prodigal. And the word prodigal means reckless, wasteful, extravagant. It really can be called a prodigal of a reckless, wasteful, extravagant, rebellious child. The first parable about the lost sheep, Jesus talks about a sheep who wanders off. See, the sheep did not intend to wander off. It wasn't an intentional thing that this sheep wanders off. Maybe this sheep just happened to see a real nice-looking sheep in another pasture. Bah! Bah! <laughs> or maybe the sheep says, this is too hard. The way my master's taking me, this it seems a little bit easier. The grass is greener on the other side. And maybe that term, the grass is greener on the other side, that saying might have come from this very parable. But by wandering, Jesus is painting a picture that this sheep left the protection of the shepherd. The sheep wandered and left the protection of the flock, of the body. Jesus was referring to people that wander off from God. It's not really that they hate God. They just wandered off. Something pulled them a different direction. They're not bad people but just lost people. Our priorities get messed up. Our focus gets messed up. And what's so interesting about these parables is that Jesus was speaking to a religious bunch about us, lost people. And he was trying to tell the Pharisees to have a heart. Have a heart. Do not judge. Do not condemn. But love, pray, and reach these people because they're lost. 
It's not like they, they're haters of God. They're just lost. See, when Peter was about to betray his master, Jesus told him what he was about to do. Peter, you're going to get lost. You're, you're telling me now that you're willing to die for me and do whatever Peter, you're going to get lost. Things will come your way, pressure, fear, and you'll get lost. But Peter, I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. I don't judge you. I know you're human. I know that things come up, but I prayed for you, Peter, and you will return because I prayed for you. Do you know that Jesus is praying for you? He created you. He put you in your mother's womb. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows the time in history you'll be born. He knows the pressures that you'll face. He knows the temptation that you'll come across. But he still prays for you. And he calls you. Come back. See, there's a, sh a mighty difference when you look at the, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the prodigal son, the lost son. The prodigal son did not wander like the sheep. He walked away. He intentionally walked away. He wanted to taste the world. He was bored he wanted to taste the world. He was enticed by what everyone was saying was out there. He did not want to wait for the Father's blessing. He wanted it now. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. I refuse to wait. I want it now. I want what my friends are telling me I can have. I want what the culture is telling me I can have. I want what every TV commercial, everything you hear is telling me I can have. I, I want what my school is telling me I can have. I want everything that appears to be what I need. And the carnal nature will agree because our carnal nature is sinful, the Bible says. There's a difference between the lost sheep and the prodigal son. And, you know, one of the hardest things to do in life is wait. It's one of the hardest things to do. I can't stand being stuck in traffic. I don't know about you. But when I'm stuck in traffic, I'm always looking for the fastest lane. And it seems like God's trying to teach me something every time. Because I go in the, I think is the fastest lane. I get in that lane, and that lane stops. Is this, this only happened to me? I hate waiting. I hate waiting for water to boil. I hate it. Hate it so much, I said to my wife, get rid of that teapot. Get one of those like fast electric hot water kettles where in an instant the water starts bubbling and boiling. I don't know how it happens that fast. So we did. 
because I hate waiting for boiling water. I hate waiting at the Rhode Island DMV. I was just there about a month ago. If you're watching and you work for DMV, we pray for you. We ask God to work in your life. But the last time there, about a month ago, a couple months ago, I had to go back three times. And it's almost like they want to uphold their reputation. <laughs> but you know, being overtaken by credit cards and debt is a result of us not liking to wait. We don't like to wait. We want instant gratification. But it's not worth it. Tell your neighbor it's not worth it. And even more consequential is waiting for the right spouse to come along. Waiting to hang out with the right friends is more consequential. Not worth it. Not worth it. But I have some good news today. God has no problem waiting. He's got all the time in the world. And he waits for us. He waits for us. See, this story is really not so much a story about the prodigal son. It's about a father who is willing to wait. Who is willing to love you when you don't love him. He's willing to wait. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You know, most of the people that get baptized, there were a lot of young people baptized today. But many times, come on, it's exciting. But many times, there's a lot of older people. And I can't help but think, boy, the father waited a long time for you. But he never gave up, did he? He never gave up. God never gives up. So this parable starts, this story starts with Jesus saying, there was a man who had two sons. See, the subject of the sentence is the father. The subject of the sentence is the father. The sons are the object. And Jesus is speaking to a Middle Eastern culture. And he's telling this story, and he talks about everything the son did, and he says that the father's response was to give this rebellious son what he asked for. And this was so outrageous that a father would do this. It was shameful. First of all, that a son would ask for his inheritance now. And it, in that culture, it was like the son was saying, I wish you were dead so I can get all my inheritance now. And so it was a shock that Jesus would talk about a father that would give this rebellious son his inheritance The typical response to something like that happening in this culture was not, okay, son, I'm putting you in time out. It was extreme punishment. 
It would almost be the opposite. I said, do you want to have your way? Get out of here. Leave. You're not getting anything. You are a shame. You are cast out of my family and you are cast out of our community. And the whole community would back that decision. Yet the father granted his request. See, this story is about the father. It's about the father's heart. Jesus is showing us the character of God. We have to understand God's heart. See, Jesus came in a physical form, a human form, to show us who God is, to show us his heart. And so the, the father grants his request, and we can see through all these parables what God thinks about you. You want to know what God thinks about you? While you're here on earth, and he's looking down from heaven, seeing you, praying for you, read these three parables. And you'll get an understanding of who Jesus is, who God is, and how much he loves you. Amen? See, even though rejected, beaten, crucified, Jesus turns to his father and he says, forgive them. Come on, what a mighty God we serve. Come on, can we thank God for the Lord, for Jesus, the God of the Bible? So we look at this parable. Every act of the Father was beyond the scope of, of cultural and religious acceptance. He grants his son his request. And let me say this. God will love you even when you don't love him. That's the amazing part of God. I remember before I accepted the Lord and I was searching, you know, I was reading all kinds of books, you know, will the, the real God please stand up? Who's the real God? And, um, and I heard a lot of stuff, especially in college, of who God isn't and, and so forth. So I had all these preconceived notions. I had, you know, background of religion. So I had all these preconceived notions. But I began reading the New Testament. I'd say this often. And I started reading the words in red. Some Bibles have Jesus' words in red. I love that. You know, and I would go right to the red. And as I was reading the words of Jesus, I realized I didn't know God at all. I did not know God at all. Everything I thought was absolutely wrong. I thought if there was a God, he wouldn't like me. because the way I was living. If there was a God, I could never measure up. And I started reading who Jesus was and started realizing this is a God who loves me. It doesn't matter what I do, he, he loves me. And he so loves me that he was willing to die for me. And that's what Jesus was portraying in these parables. And sometimes, as we see, the father allows the son to take the path that he wants. So the son wants to squander his wealth. God will allow it. Because many times, until you suffer... 
you don't realize that the blessing is in the Lord. Until you don't have it, you don't realize that the blessing is in the church. And God will allow you and give you free will to choose so that you wake up and see there's a father waiting for me at the door of the house. There's a father waiting for me at the door of the house. Come on. The Lord has been waiting for some of you, and you're here today because he's been waiting for some of you. So we see when the son returns, it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son in Luke 15, 20. Again, this was a very shameful act. It was culturally unacceptable for old men to run. In fact, Aristotle said, the Greek philosopher, great men never run in public. So I'm never going to run again in public. <laughs> and then it goes on, and it says that the father threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the Greek word for kiss here in this passage is katafulo, which literally means the father kissed him again and again and again and again. Can you picture this? He's sobbing. He's crying. He can't believe it. And this, this you know, pig slop soaked son, dirty and, and broken, he's kissing him over and over and over and over and over again. And grandparents know what that feels like, just kissing your grandkid and just kissing their face because they're so cute. And he loves them so much. The son was in shock. He was in shock. And later we know that his brother was not happy because his brother was operating in the culture. This is disgraceful. This is shameful. This should not be happening. But the father is kissing his son, welcoming him home. You know, the Bible says, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. And then it goes on to say that the, the father puts a robe upon him. And it was his robe. He gave him the best robe. He puts his robe upon him. And it's, it's symbolic of, of God wants to cover you. He covers you with protection. He covers you with love. He wants to help you get from here to heaven. He covers you and protects you. Do you know there are things in your life that could have happened and you and I are going to find out, stand before God, and the Lord's going to show us a video of our life and show you should have been dead here, you should have been dead here, you should have been dead here, but I covered you. The enemy wanted to sift you as weak, weak, but I prayed for you. Come on. And then he puts a ring on him. And he gives him sandals. See, the ring was, was a signet ring. It was the family ring. And the ring gives the son back the family's authority. So they would execute documents. They would be able to buy and sell with this ring. And the father restored him as a son. He didn't say, no, well, from now on, only this, only that. He restored him fully. 
See, the forgiveness of Jesus is complete. He removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. The forgiveness of Jesus is complete. When you come to the Lord as your father, his forgiveness is complete. The devil wants to point to your past, but the Lord says their past is gone. Let me show you your future. And he gives you the power and authority of belonging to his family. If you are a child of God, you are carrying the signet ring of God. He gives you power and authority that belongs to him as a father and you as a son. And then he, he also puts on sandals. He gives his son sandals, saying sandals are a representation that you are a son. Not a slave. You're not a servant. Because servants and slaves, they would not have shoes on their feet. But he said, you are fully restored as a son. God wants to fully restore some people today. Some of you are watching online. God wants to fully restore you. Some of you will watch this as people share this, this story. God's speaking to you. He's waiting for you. Are you tired of being broken? Are you tired of being empty? Are you tired of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow? If you die, where will you go? Are you tired? Does your life not seem to be working? Do you need the Father's robe put back on you? Do you need his power and authority, the ring to be put on you? Do you need your dirty feet washed by him? Jesus washes the feet of his disciples do you need sandals to be put on your feet so you can start walking the right walk again with Jesus? Father's waiting. And then he says to his servants, I want the fatted calf. We're not having chicken today. If you eat rabbit. I want the fatted calf because I'm not going to just celebrate with my family. I'm calling the whole church family together. We're going to celebrate that once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Let's celebrate with heaven that people coming to Jesus and coming back to me as a father. Ask the music ministry to come forward. See, Jesus is saying, as a father, there is no greater love than my love for you. There is no greater joy than seeing a person restored to Jesus Christ, coming to Jesus, coming home to the house, the family of God. Maybe today you feel lost. Maybe today... You look at your life and you say, you know, I've messed up. I don't know how this happened. I speak to many Christians. I say, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know how I got into this stuff. God still loves you. He still loves you. He wants to restore you. The devil is the liar and deceiver. God is the Father who waits for you. The devil is the one who who will put you amongst the pigs in the slop. The Lord is the one that will take you and wash you and clean you and give you a new robe 
and put a ring on your finger and say, you're part of this family. Don't ever forget it. And put sandals on your feet. Can we stand? Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.